a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, we, uh, I'll tell you, we're, we're kind of making some adjustments on the fly here at uh, Live Mike Central. We, we're, we're planning on having a conversation with former Congresswoman Mia Love. Uh, she right now is, uh, I think she's driving through a canyon in San Pete County and cell phone reception may be a little limited. Uh, but uh, what we were going to discuss with her, and we will be having a conversation in the next segment with the Alliance for Better Utah, there have been some complaints uh, lodged against uh, Burgess Owens uh, regarding uh, some campaign uh, receipts. The 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 FEC is is pretty clear on limitations on how many uh, how much money you can receive from an individual, uh, and well, sometimes those individuals will send you donations in excess of those limitations, and there is a process to refund that money. And many candidates find themselves in that situation. You can, when uh, discovering that you have received more than the campaign limit, the dollar amount limit, you can do a few things. You can, number one, uh, just say to the contributor, ah, nope, sorry, uh, you have exceeded uh, the amount you are able to 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 donate to my campaign and then uh, refund that money to them? Or should you, from a, uh, a previous campaign effort, uh, incurred some debt, uh, you can use that money then to, you know, you reallocate it and put it back. Well, uh, the, the Alliance for Better Utah in 2018 uh, lodged a, a very similar complaint against uh, then-Congresswoman Mia Love, who was in a contest against uh, then-Mayor Ben McAdams to retain her congressional seat. Uh, and it is today that we are learning of a very similar, if not identical, complaint lodged against uh, Congressman McAdams' current uh, challenger, Burgess Owens. Joining us on the line to to share a little bit of her experience and how she assesses the situation today is Mia Love. Uh, Mia, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Hi Lee, how are you doing? Uh, I'm all right. Thanks. Uh, thanks for making the time for us. So we've explained no we've explained more or less uh, in blunt terms what exactly is is going on here. What's your yeah. assessment? Well, look, Lee, you worked in the congressional office before, obviously on the official side, but you know as well as I do um, that candidates can't control what comes into the account, but they are required to follow FEC rules and return any donations that do not comply with the FEC laws. So candidates and members most of the time, or should, I I know I did, have a um, compliance firm that manages campaign donations, and then they balance that account after those donations come in. And as far as I can see, Burgess Owens hasn't missed any deadlines. Um, This is, if this seems familiar to anyone, then you're exactly right, because the exact same thing was done to me. The Alliance for Better Utah filed a claim that I illegally raised a million dollars, which was not true. And I was fortunate enough that I received an email from the FEC stating that they require no corrective action from my from my campaign. But once again, the alliance didn't care and they wanted to win the race. So even though it wasn't true, 
they went on with it. They didn't apologize. Nobody from the uh, McAdams camp apologized. And now they're doing the same thing to Burgess. And I just, it's really off-putting. I mean, it's, it's really, this is the type of dirty politics that people do not like, and it's completely uncivil. It's not really bringing in the civility and, you know, the, what we really want to talk about, which is policy um, and people's position on, on different issues. In, in your experience, a few years back, when the complaint was filed against you with the FEC, what was the, what was the timing of the filing of that in terms of proximity to the to election day and such like that? I believe it was like within three or four weeks. Um, and these these complaints are filed during this time because it takes the FEC a long time to come up with their results. It takes them a long time. They're backlogged. They don't even have enough commissioners right now. Um, if a file, if a complaint was filed. So this is a tactic that is used because you can't really get a clear um, answer from the FEC until long after the campaign is over. But once again, like I said, I was fortunate enough that I actually received uh, an email, which I, I released to everyone, um, that stated that there was no corrective action needed. Most people won't receive that. Um, I, I think that the FEC, first of all, this is one of those things that I think um, it's just a, a waste of money and a waste of efforts because there are people who um, have really um, need to be investigated by the FEC, but they're backlogged because this is used as a campaign tactic. And like I said, it's off-putting. It's incredibly similar. Um, and you, you got to look at the common denominator here. It's just, like I said, off-putting, and I think that everyone should look at this and say, hmm, what's the common denominator, and, you know, we need to just reject this and start and getting back, getting us back to a, a nice, civil, nice civil campaigns again. Maybe not nice, but at least civil and respectful. Last question I'll ask for you, uh, uh, Congresswoman sure. Love. What is that common denominator? That common denominator is the Alliance for a Better Utah um, and whoever, whichever candidate that they're supporting. And it's obviously not Burgess Owens. That's Ben McAdams. So the same exact thing was done. And I, I just think we need to call it what it is, recognize it and reject it. Mila, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for your insight here and sharing the, the details of your experience two years ago that we are seeing uh, in part repeated here today. Uh, thanks again for your time. Appreciate you, Lee. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we return, we will be speaking uh, with who Mia Love is characterized as the common denominator, specifically Executive Director Chase Thomas with the Alliance for a Better Utah. My guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Final segment of the one o'clock hour. A lot of ground to cover still on the program today, including a question that we will ask and hopefully get answered for you in the next hour. And that question is, can you change your vote here in Utah? Once you have cast your ballot, uh, do you have an opportunity to maybe you come across some new information or you have some sort of new understanding? Can you change your vote before Election Day? I'll give you a spoiler. Not likely. We'll get the details, though, from the director of elections for the state of Utah just after 2 o'clock. Right now, though, uh, I'm joined by Chase Thomas, executive director for Alliance for a Better Utah. Uh, A press release came across my desk just yesterday, and it was from the Alliance for a Better Utah. And it uh, pointed out a New York Times story, which uh, which described 
uh, a situation in which 4th Congressional District candidate uh, Burgess Owens finds himself regarding some campaign contributions. To explain that and where the alliance fits in this whole story is uh, Chase Thomas. Chase, how are you? Welcome to the program. I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Lee. Tell me me the story from your perspective. Uh, Yeah, so we saw the same New York Times story, um, which yesterday... Um, they announced, or I guess alleged, that Burgess Owens, the candidate for CD4, had about $135,000 in donations that were illegal contributions or that were more than the um, amount that individuals can give to candidates during elections. In- individuals can um, give about $2,800, can give exactly $2,800 each. Uh, and this number represents kind of a total of of donations that exceeded that twenty eight hundred individual contribution limit. Exactly. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So, um, they, this happens a lot. Um, can or individuals will give more than they're allowed to, and candidates are supposed to be monitoring those donations, flagging them when they're over the amount, and then they have sixty days from when it was given to either return it or to reattribute it to another cycle um, so they can move it to like, oh, this is going to be for the general election if they got it for the primary. Um, but but and for, the, so, for the same candidate in the same race, essentially, just at different stages exactly. of, of the race. Yes. And, and they can use it to pay um, back old debts, correct? Um, I believe that's true if it's still not over the amount per cycle. Right. Um, and so the FEC had notified the Owens campaign, but they still had um, a lot of these donations. We don't know exactly how much because the Owens campaign still has not said which ones they have refunded, although they said they did at least one. Um, and so we wanted to issue a statement talking about how um, candidates should be adhering to campaign finance laws. Uh, because this is one of the few responsibilities um, that they have while running for public office is to adhere to these campaign finance laws, um, especially that 60-day requirement that they should be returning this money or finding another use for it if, it, if allowed under the regulations. Um, we believe that's an indicator of how much you can trust a candidate. I mean, if they're not following the laws before they're elected, can you trust them once they're in office to be ethical and truly representing the people. Um, And so we feel this is just another instance um, to where voters should be looking into this and asking, well, can I trust this candidate to properly represent me? In in 2018, uh, your organization, the Alliance for a Better Utah, uh, filed a complaint with the FEC along very similar lines, uh, making very similar allegations uh, against then-Representative Mia Love in the midst of a campaign cycle. Uh, did, did the Alliance for Better Utah have any role in bringing uh, these allegations to the attention of the FEC in the in the Burgess Owens case? Uh, no. So this is um, solely based off of the New York Times report. Um, in 2018 with Mia Love, it was way in advance. Well, not way in advance, but much more than a week before the election um, that we uncovered these those campaign finance contributions. Um, we didn't file a complaint this time just because we felt it was too soon before the election. It was much less than the $1.2 million in Mia, Love camp- Mia Love's campaign. Um, 
And so, yeah, I just issued a statement this time around. Mm. All right. Well, well, tell me more about your organization. What, what else are you following uh, as this as this election day uh, draws near? Um, I mean, a lot of what we're just following is public statements from candidates. Um, we've done a lot of education around the constitutional amendments, so making sure that people understand um, those questions that are going to be on the ballot um, and what they mean for a yes vote or a no vote. Um, and then also just getting ready for election night live. We're going to be putting together a live stream for um, Utahns to follow and get updates on the local level, as well as be able to chat with friends and other members of the community. So just waiting for the few days to pass until it's all over. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Chase Thomas has been my guest executive director for the Alliance for a better Utah in 2018, just to summarize in 2018, there was uh, there was a complaint filed uh, against then Congresswoman Mia Love in her race against Ben McAdams. The, the complaint uh, essentially was that that more than the legal limit of campaign contributions had come in. Uh, ultimately, a letter was received uh, by Mia Love. I have it here in front of me uh, that uh, that said that no corrective action was uh, required. Uh, and now in this election cycle, in, in another race involving Congressman now Congressman Ben McAdams, uh, there has been a similar complaint filed. Uh, Chase, though, you've, you've told me that you you were not involved. Your organization was not involved, nor anyone with whom you work involved in the filing of that complaint. Um, the complaint for the Burgess Owens campaign? Correct. Uh, that's correct. And I don't believe there's been a complaint filed. Um, the FEC on its own initiative reached out to the Owens campaign. Um, and just to clarify on the Mia Love complaint, that still has not been resolved and when they contacted us, they told us that that letter to the Love campaign had no bearing on our complaint. So, um, so we're still waiting to hear back from them on their investigation. Uh, in the, the letter, though, here, let me read you a portion of this letter, and, and time is tight, but it says, uh, Upon our review of the Friends of Mia Love question, we concluded that the, substan- the substantive f- facts at issue were indistinguishable from those presented in the uh, Friends of Mike Lee request. We therefore concluded that Friends of Mia Love could retain the primary election contributions it received prior to uh, this date. Uh, Miss Miss Love became a nominee for the party convention. The analysis of of this response from the from the Love camp is that uh, this is uh, an asked and answered question, and that the the matter is settled. Yeah, that wasn't the response that we got from the FEC, um, and I don't have the letter from them pulled up in front of me and so I can't read it but I I do think that it's still an open question. The last line of the letter reads Mia Love is not required to take any corrective action regarding uh primary uh, election contributions at issue. Okay. I'm just saying what we what we received from the FEC. All right. Fair enough. Uh, well, listen, Chase Thomas, thanks so, so much for your time. Again, Chase Thomas, Executive Director for Alliance for a Better Utah. Uh, thanks again. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Very good. We're going to take a break here in just a moment. And when we return, uh, we are going to, as I mentioned, ask that question. If you find yourself uh, wanting to change your vote and you have already cast either your mail-in ballot uh, or maybe some early voting here in Utah, do you have an opportunity to change that? Some states, the answer is yes. What about here in Utah? We'll find out definitively next as we speak with Justin Lee, Utah Director of Elections, my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. 
Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.